Welcome back to the Fin Maniacs preview show. We're doing the Broncos and the Dolphins. I'm Carter, and this is Jorge. Welcome to the show. Hi, Carter. Great to be back here and excited about this week. A teaser of our last show, you said, okay, the Dolphins win versus the Chargers. They finish the season undefeated. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Bills. They they beat everyone. They run, they run the table. And I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. But according to you, they're winning out. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what they're doing. So, yeah, it is. It is something that I find tantalizing to, to talk about. So let's start with this. OK, let's just touch on some of the headlines from this last week. OK, yep. and there were three big ones. Uh, the first one was your LVP or the least valuable player of the year for you was Jordan Howard. He got cut. What do you think? Yep. Honestly, I, I like Jordan Howard as, as a guy. He seems like a great guy. Stand up player. Flores had nothing but praise for him. I think it was just a bad fit. Um, I think he needs... Uh, um, I, I saw that he signed back with Eagles. Let's hope that he has some success there. Honestly, I'm also glad the Dolphins just moved ahead and, and they're going to go with the, with the younger guys. No, I totally agree. But the thing about running backs specifically is there is a generational talent running back like you know, Todd Gurley without his knee injuries and, you know, Adrian Peterson that can be fast and also large, you know, a power back and a speed back at the same time. The thing was when Jordan Howard came into the league, he was sort of both a little bit, you know, kind of uh, in that kind of middle area. He wasn't a generational talent, but he could do a little bit of both. And now it seemed like he was a little bit heavier and he just didn't have any more bursts at all. Yeah. I mean, we saw that, but my concern, and, and I know this is going to be contradictory to what we've talked about, is he was great with the Dolphins at those short yardage situations. Like, first and goal from the one, and you just put him in, and he just, like, fell forward and was right. touched down. Yeah. Now, I'm concerned that Dolphins don't have a guy like that on the roster right now. And come the playoffs, come those cold games at, against Buffalo over up in New York, um, you're going to need some someone like that that's just able to move the pile and fall forward and get you that one or two yards. I'm not sure if Chandler Cox can be that guy for the Dolphins. We haven't seen him in that capacity. I'm not sure if Christian Wilkins is going to come onto the offense and just carry the load there. I know he would love to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I also know that Flores would hate to put him in there. Yep. Um, so yeah, let's let's just see. We shall see. You're right about that. So let's move on to the second headline. Dax Sealer got a new deal. I mean, it's well-deserved. I mean, honestly, I think he's been a great pickup from the Baltimore practice squad. If they've got any more defensive linemen like that lying around, I hope Kruger is going to go in and poach them. I think he's done a, a great job playing, you know, coming in rotation. Last week, Christian Wilkins wasn't there. And him and Red Davis really played a very good game up front. And I'm happy that he's going to be in Miami for three years. Honestly, I think that it was a very cheap contract for the Dolphins. So I'm also happy about that. I think it might be a move to, I don't know, maybe draft a D-tackle early, defensive line early, and then maybe Godshaw's gone. I'm not sure. It's something to think about, though. I agree. I, I, I mean, I love Godshaw. I don't see him staying with the Dolphins next year unless it's uh, on a one-year, really cheap deal that is team-friendly. Yeah, um, I, I think he's a good player, but I, I don't think he fits what, what Flores is trying to instill in that defensive line. Yeah, and the contract year having that season-ending injury sucks. Okay, yeah. well, our final headline, and this is more rumors than anything else, Dolphins Raiders might be on primetime, uh, might be flexed. Honestly, that's the game. I, I know we're going to talk about this later, but that's the one game I'm most scared about. I'm, I'm right. more scared about the Raiders than the Chiefs, and I'm going to tell you why. The Raiders' offensive game plan is exactly what the Dolphins struggle with. Just round, run the ball in a power running game. And the Dolphins have not proven that they can stop that. So I'm concerned about that game. Um, I, I, honestly, I, I'm excited to see them in prime time. And it's going to be great to be there almost to the end of the season. 
that being said, it's it's a game that I'm scared about. I know. I, and the thing is, this season is so weird. And also, there's just not a lot of like bona fide contenders. And yep. the experts and the people that created the primetime schedule just got it wrong this year. There was so yeah, many, so many terrible primetime games. And the Dolphins didn't even get a single one. You can count Thursday night football. I don't agree. So that would be really cool to see two of these. This is the most important game of the year, and we will talk about it a little bit later. But let's move on to just touching on Chargers-Dolphins. You picked the Dolphins. I picked the Chargers. I would have liked for the the play calling to be more consistent early in the third quarter. I, I think we saw Gailey and Boyer, both of them, kind of play a very conservative game to start the second half. And it was there was a point there where I think we were all concerned about the Chargers uh, actually catching the Dolphins. And then X big play, I think, put a stop to that. But, I mean, this this Dolphins team is built to be aggressive, especially on defense. So when you see Boyer calling them off and, and playing an off-zone sort of scheme, I'm, I'm worried every time. When I watched this Chargers game, I watched it a little bit differently. I wasn't for an even like a second afraid from the point where I believe it was uh, 7-0, 14-0. At that point, I believe that they were going to win the game. They were going to win it ugly. They were <laughs> probably not going to score a ton the rest of the game. But that's how they've really done it. They've, they've won in the first half, and yeah. then they've done nothing in the second half. And yeah. it was kind of similar. That's kind of just how they win games. It is, and it's concerning because we've only seen the Dolphins play four full quarters of complementary football once. And and yes, they, they beat the Cardinals. It was a great game. But if, if you really want to be a contender come December, come January, you really have to prove that you're going to be able to do that on a week-by-week basis. This game stretch where we're at, we're going to play you know, the Broncos this week, then we've got the Jets and the Bengals. It's a great time for Tua to really get his feet wet before we go into that final three weeks, which are, are going to be much, much more difficult. Let's move on to the preview per- portion of this show. And let's talk Dolphins Broncos. Let's start with you. Talk us through some uh, key matchups. I'm, I'm excited to see Jerry Judy against against our defensive backs. I mean, he's a rookie, but he's been playing really well. I think he's the, the one constant threat that the Broncos have uh, at receiver. So it's going to be interesting to see him play that, that game against in my opinion, the best cornerback duo in the league in X and Byron Jones. I also am concerned about the Tua against Vic Fangio, Justin Simmons in the back end. Fangio is one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. He was with the Bears. So I'm pretty sure he's going to have some surprise for a rookie waiting for him in, at mile high. And yeah, I think our, the, their offensive line against our defensive line should be a good matchup. They're averaging five yards, almost per, almost five yards per carry. So it's going to be a good matchup to, for a defense to, to really get get into this streak of stopping the running game, which they have in the last couple of games. We don't know for sure if it's going to be Drew Locke at this point or Brett Ripon, yeah. right? Is that kind of the, the two it's down to? Yeah, I think it's the, the, the two that they're down to, but it's going to be interesting to see. I would rather face Locke just because we know what he is. Right. The Dolphins coaches know what he is. Anytime you watch a guy that doesn't have film, it makes you a bit hesitant to be all, all aggressive on them. And as I said before, the Dolphins are better when they're aggressive. So not having that chance to do it early on, it could be a could be a bit of a struggle for them. Yeah, and I watched Brett play a Thursday night game. I believe it was maybe it was a it was a primetime game. He could make throws. He and yeah. he could make he he's kind of like the gunslinger type where he throws downfield. He had a couple touchdowns, but he threw a lot of picks as well. So I would definitely rather have Drew Locke as well because it just seems like uh, you, you're going to lose this game with Drew Locke. But I think you, you lose it either way. Let's go to a, a segment I like to call busted or bolstered. This is the first week we've done this, Jorge. Okay. But okay. and you, you don't know what these headlines are. These are headlines from around the NFL, around the media. You tell me if this is busted or bolstered. Okay? 
Okay, yep. so the first headline is, including the Broncos game, Tua, for the rest of the season, is going to be a game manager. Buster or bolstered? I think that's going to be a buster. I think that they're bringing him slower early on, but I also know that Brian Flores and co. know that at least against the Chiefs and against probably the Las Vegas as well, they're going to need to just unleash him and let him go all out. So I, I think he's not going to be a game manager for, for the whole season. Well, I just don't think he can be. I don't think he can be uh, if we want to win anything big. And you could, you could tell that uh, in the Cardinals game, he was down seven. Uh, in a very important drive, and he yep. did it. But we don't yep. know if that's a consistency thing. Maybe that's just a happening. And in order to win anything real, he's going to have to not be a game manager. Tannehill being a game manager on the Titans brought them to the AFC Championship game with like the best running game and one of the best defenses in the NFL. That was as far as they could get. We know that Ted Karras didn't have his best game last week against the Chargers. And there's that low snap that uh, Tua just picks up and throws it down the field. Right. That plays everything you want to see from your rookie. It's a broken play from the start. He has to bend down, grab the ball, sets up, and makes a, a completion down the field for Devante Parker in a hell of a catch as well. So I just think he's too talented to keep him in a game manager role. Uh, for the rest of the season. Honestly, I, I just don't see how they do it. Yeah, and talking about the low snap, uh, I do like his tenacity, you know, <laughs> and going in and actually tackling and saving the touchdown. Uh, but that is that scared the crap out of me. It scared yeah, I did. It was scary because you saw, like, his shoulder getting trapped under the yeah. guy he's tackling. And it was his left shoulder. And look, I love the guy. I love the hunger. I love, you know, chasing the guy down. But Tua, if they score against us, it's not the worst thing. Just don't put yourself in on right. I wait, know. Wait, wait. If that's, if that's the playoffs, I, I see yeah. it. But that is—it's a, a regular season game versus the two and seven Chargers. Chill out. I think we can win that game. The other Buster bolstered headline for you is the entirety of this offense. Nobody scares you. Buster that's, bolstered. Uh, that, that's a Buster. I mean, you can see the way the the, the, the other team scheme around Jakeem Brown and not let him let him get behind them. Casiki uh, is another guy that they're focusing on. I don't think they have the big names, but I do think that they have big-time players in this in this team. And I personally think this is bolstered uh, just because I, I am of the of the idea that this isn't a Super Bowl year. And I, I don't like to do that and like go, okay, I gave up on this season. No, no, no. This is definitely a contending year, and I think this is a, you know, a top eight, top nine team. But the one thing holding them back is someone that can take that top off that Tua would love to throw to, you know, just yep. someone that can run a four, three and is six, one. That's and the only time you can get a player like that is top 10 in the draft. So that's something that's going to happen down the line right now. I don't say anybody if I don't think you're game planning for anyone specifically on this offense, uh, maybe Gasicki. Devonte Parker, but really not so much. I, I think that the way that Changeli is scheming around the strength of his players, it's you know it's going to be a death by a thousand cuts for anyone. You can take away Devonte, but then they're going to move the ball with Jakeem Grant, Malcolm Perry. I mean, we saw Perry really flash last week, which was great to see. He loves to reverse that field. I'm not crazy about it, but it worked. Yeah. Uh, you saw Ahmed moving the chains rather consistently, something we hadn't seen from this running game. And I think it's going to be interesting as they develop these weapons, like Lean Bowden Jr. coming on, Callaway, if he's going to play this week, he's been activated to the, to the main roster now. So it's going to be interesting to see what Dolphins do coming, coming in the next few games. My last thing on this is I, think, I don't think they have a great player uh, on this offense. I think they have 
10 good players. And it's very deep in that way. You know what I mean? It's like, even you can go down the line to Lynn Bowden. Sometimes you can go down the line to Perry sometimes, and that's exciting. And I don't want to hear another Dolphins fan calling Chan Gailey's play calling awful because it is literally the entire reason that uh, Tua is having success this early. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to take this opportunity. Chan, I was very hard on you in a couple of games. I have apologized on Twitter. Thank I you. apologize again <laughs> on the show. I know you're listening. You've done a great job the last couple of weeks, and I'm, I'm happy I was wrong. I apologize. <laughs> okay, good. Let's go on to our final uh, bold predictions for this game. I think Adam Jaheen scores two touchdowns this week. Oh, wow. Two touchdowns. Not just because I just picked him up in fantasy. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified because I was worried about that <laughs> being a little conflict of interest. In terms of my bold prediction, it's, it's going to really like segue us perfectly into our game prediction as well. My bold prediction is the Broncos don't score more than seven. They are, they're held for sure under 10. That is my bold prediction. And it's, it's just because you're starting to realize that, especially when I heard that this practice, this uh, Thursday practice, almost everyone was there, and that uh, Van Noy is probably going to play on Sunday, maybe in a lim- limited fashion. When you hear that, and you hear that, I mean, this is a top five defense, you slaughter bad teams. You have yeah. to. And, and, and they th- have so far. They did against the Jets. They did against the Niners. Right. They skunked, uh, they skunked yeah. the Jets. Zero points. The Broncos are a little bit better than that, and they have, a, they have definitely more weapons than the Jets do, but it still doesn't equal more than 10 points for me and i've got a question for your card do you think jason sanders goes out there and tries to break a, a record this week what's the, what would be the record that he would break i think it's 64 yards oh you're talking about in the the broncos yeah, with, stadium yeah with, with, yeah with mile high the thin air right. i mean I think this is the week to just in fact just don't even activate man hack for this game just let yeah. jason sanders <laughs> kick it from anywhere in the field and we shouldn't be punting anyways so i think yeah no right i think he definitely could hit a 60 yarder for sure so I, I already predicted the game. My final score is 728. What's your final score? 31 to 6. 31-6. So you're on the same page as me. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow your lead. I agree. There's no reason for the, for the Denver to really do anything against our defense if they're all playing. Um, in fact, I don't think they're going to score a touchdown. I think they're going to score a couple of field goals early on. Again, with that mile-high air. But I don't see them scoring a touchdown either. You know, in fun fashion, I said I teased this at the beginning of the show. We we're going to talk about your prediction of you know the Dolphins finishing. Uh, what is it right now? So they have three losses, thirteen and three. I want to kind of put it as an open debate. I think we should do a debate on in all of our preview shows. Make your case. Why are the Dolphins going to finish thirteen and three? Look, last week it was the first time the Dolphins came in expected to win. And I was concerned whether a team that is as young as this Dolphins team could handle that pressure, handle that spotlight, come out and win. And I think that the way the game went just reaffirms my belief that they can actually go unbeaten the rest of the way. Why? Because it was an ugly win. They were up 14-0. They were just driving down the field. And then Ted Karras makes that bad snap. And I love Ted. I think he's a great player. Uh, it was just a mistake, and I hated how many people were trashing him on Twitter just based off that mistake. But that slowed down the Dolphins' offense. I mean, at, at that point, I think everyone started to be hesitant. They they were unsure how to how to uh, drive the ball down the field again, and yet they did. They won. You could see in Justin Herbert's eyes this morning after that haircut coming out yesterday. <laughs> yeah. You know, he yeah. saw some stuff against that Dolphins' defense. I mean, and they're playing uh, Joe Burrow, who they should completely expose as well, and show that Tua was the number one, the best quarterback in that class. I'm not. I'm not that concerned against the Chiefs. I know they're a great team. I'm not. I'm not saying anything against them. But I think. I think the Dolphins match match up well against them based on their strengths. 
I'm not really concerned about that. I'm more concerned, as I mentioned before, against the Raiders. Why? Because they've got a power running game that Dolphins have struggled all season with. We saw it with the Pats early on. Then we saw it with Seattle. We saw it with the Bills. Anytime a team tries to drive power football against the Dolphins, they've been somewhat successful. And that's what the Raiders are doing right now. They're riding Josh Jacobs into, into a hopeful playoff berth for them. So if they're able to stop that game and they're able to really outshoot the Raiders in that game, then I see no reason for them not to really go and beat in the rest of the way. And obviously, you know that I disagree with you. <laughs> I know. I know everyone disagrees with me. The Spanish podcast guys also disagree <laughs> with me. I think everyone disagrees with me at that point, but I stand by it and I'm going to trust Coach Flo. Okay, so now let me make my case. Ready? Yeah, go All ahead. Right? We really haven't had bad performance from Tua yet. Uh, we've had basically two decent performances, you know, uh, game manager performances, and one great one just randomly out of that. I'll tell you right now, as good as this guy is, even if you're Patrick Mahomes, uh, your rookie year, you're going to eventually have a come down game. You're going to have a game where you throw two picks. You're going to yep. have a game where it does seem a little bit too big. I know that we want to we want to dub Tua as this like god that will never make a mistake, but I promise you it's coming. And I think we need it to happen before or if we make the playoffs. We need no, it to I, happen. I agree with you there. I agree with you 100%. We need that down game to happen before the playoffs let him settle down based on my years as a Dolphins fan that that down game is going to come against the Patriots just because I'm pretty sure that Belichick is going to come and dial something special for Tua let's remember that you know Belichick is great friends with Nick Saban so I wouldn't put him past him just to call him say hey where are the weaknesses with this guy how can I expose him leads me to believe that even if that happens Dolphins can win the game is that they are playing complementary football. They're playing complementary football on a consistent basis. So mm -hmm. even if Tua has a bad game, I mean, we saw the Dolphins defense not have their best day against Kyler Murray, which was to be expected, and the Dolphins picked up, and the offense picked up the ball. So I expect the special teams and defense to carry the load whenever that down game happens. And that, and that's kind of what scares me, to be honest, is that eventually the defense is going to have a down game as well. And it's going to, you know, it's, it's going to happen. There's going to be another down uh, game for the defense. And then it's on, specifically it's on Tua's shoulders, a rookie, to win this game. And I, I think uh, if that happens versus the best quarterback, what I think, in NFL history uh, already... I know that's a little bit early, but no, I Patrick agree Mahomes, I agree. you lose this game. You lose that game. You have to face Bill Belichick, who's out for revenge. You have Raiders maybe on prime time, and then you have to end the season versus the Bills, who is trying to is having the best season in 20 years and is trying to position themselves in the uh, seeding. So I just yeah. don't think you get through all of those landmines and end the season undefeated. Also, I just want to be very clear. I do think that we're going to finish the regular season undefeated, but this team is not yet ready to make it deep into the playoffs. I'm not saying it's going to be a one and out. I don't think so. But I, I also, I'm also not predicting Dolphins to suddenly shock the world and get to the Super Bowl in year two of their rebuild. If it happens, it's great. But I don't think any of us are expecting that to happen this year. I, I totally agree. How we end our debates. I uh, agree to disagree. But um, of course, I hope so. That is it today for the Fin Maniacs Broncos Dolphins preview show. Thanks for joining me again, Jorge. No, thank you, Carter. And let's talk Sunday. It's going to be a great game. And something we didn't talk about, Carter, and something for, for listeners to, to keep in mind is it's going to be cold in Denver. Tua is not used to playing in the cold since he was in high school. So is this a game where we see the Dolphins just 
somehow running it down the Broncos' throat, or is it going to be a game where we're going to see Tua below the 50% completion rate just because of the cold and wind? That's possible. That is possible. Uh, I heard a lot of people talking about that because you don't play a lot of cold games in Alabama. Well, that's it. I will see you next week, Jorge. See you next week, Carter. Have a great weekend.